Back to Tesh Matters with Jeff Boggs. Phone lines are open. Reach out and touch Jeff at 367-1240. And we are back 27 minutes after 11 o'clock. My pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard Bear, Bear's Garden Center. How you doing, sir? Jeff, I'm doing great. Weather's, you, you weather's, weather's it's, a little, yeah. it's a little too chilly, but yeah, I was... I, you know, I, I was outside about <laughs> 9.30, and I thought, man, it's October. I, I would hate to see what it might be like in December. Yeah, it's, it's, but I'm going to tell you, this is, uh, this is so nice. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's fun. we finally get a combination of sunshine and mild temperatures, which we hadn't got any, anything close to that combination. It's either raining and hot or sunshine and hot, and it's, it's, been, it's been hot. <laughs> yeah, it was hot Sunday. I mean, it, it's amazing how, you know, you flip a switch, it almost feels like. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, I mean, I know the farmers are loving this. I mean, this is last year. I don't want to wish them, I don't want to give them bad luck, but, boy, they got some beautiful uh, weather for harvest. And, boy, it's certainly starting that way now. Yeah, no doubt. And I hope, I would imagine, finished planning, too. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they should. Most of them should finish end of the week, if, if not uh, pretty close. There you go. Brought in a few things. I know we'll be talking about them, but anything else uh, before we? No, that's it. Just grateful we got some weather. And so we're starting to bring in plants, Jeff. I mean, obviously, we've been we're watching. And, you know, the biggest one that people are going to start hammering for is pansies, but it's too early. See, that's one, Jeff. The pansy is one that uh, if temperatures do get warm again, which they will, they do not, they do, they, they kind of get stunted and they don't really recover. That's as a, their name. Hence their name. And, uh, so just kind of you, if you if you really want to do pansies, but there's a lot of other options, and uh, and petunia is the is the big option, and and that we slowly transitioned our customers. Uh, I guess you know 30 years ago, that the petunia in South Louisiana performs so much more consistent than the pansy, and the reason is is because they can tolerate the heat and the cold. Now. Absolutely, the pansy will take as much cold as we'll ever get. If it ever gets down to zero degrees, the pansy, even the flower will be fine. Mm. So other than extreme colds, and extreme cold would be, I'm talking about lower 20s to teens, the petunia will, will actually perform quite well. And so, so the advantage of the petunia is that it will, it will take our warm winters, which, boy, we are certainly uh, starting to trend in that direction where – you know, even that winter a couple of years ago, Jeff, when the temperatures got down to the teens or low twenties, it was five days of cold weather. Other than that, it was really mild. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, so it was it was that warm temperatures in in January and February that the pansy doesn't like, and so the petunia will tolerate that. And 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 therefore, when temperatures start to get hot in the spring, such as in April, when temperatures start to warm up. The pansy will fade out much quicker than the petunia. Petunia will go to, you know, an established petunia will easily go into uh, late May and June. And, um, and so that's the advantage of that. Now, some of the, the, uh, the uh, pansies will have some more vibrant colors. They'll have that co- almost velvety-looking uh, petals. And, and so they do have some unique traits to them. It's just that we just kind of tell people when it comes to the pansy, maybe maybe don't, don't you know, a whole bed of pansies where you plant a bunch, you know, try to maybe come up with another plant and plant the uh, the pansies as an accent plant, such as in containers and such and like that, or in small areas. 
And uh, But, you know, some people are sold on the pansies, and I get it because of those vibrant colors. And just as long as you know that, uh, they'll do it. So pansies will be later, but petunias, even snaps, we're bringing in some, Jeff, but, but uh, you got to kind of watch those too, and uh, snapdragons. And, you know, but certainly uh, a lot of the fall uh uh, uh, petal color plants such as marigold and zinnias which has the oranges and the reds and the yellows kind of the fall colors uh, those are a real popular to plant even though they're only going to last for uh, maybe another six to eight weeks uh, people bring them in and use them as accents in containers or on a patio plant just to give you that fall blossom quickly and uh, and then the other plants that you're planting will come in later so Plenty to do. The the uh, the weather seems to be finally cooperating, and uh, we'll kind of swing from that. Another big thing with fall is leaf color. You know how uh, you know you start to head to the the east coast, and uh, you get these uh, the, the fall leaf change, and we really don't get that uh, in South Louisiana. It just uh, every once in a while, the timing will be right, and we'll get some cool weather, and we'll get a good change of leaves. But really, for the most part, we don't have that. So what? People do. Many people do. They'll use uh, leaf color within the uh, the planting design. And one of the more popular ones that we plant in the spring, and I'm showing Jeff here, it's a leaf of a burgundy leaf. It's called coleus. Now, coleus will come in different color leaves. This is kind of a, a light green. There's oh, yellows. Wow. Yeah. And there's, you know, striped. So coleus is a very popular plant in the spring. Uh, but people will p- actually plant these plants in the fall amongst uh, other things just so that they have that leaf change, which is kind of noted. This is uh, one here is a uh, begonia. Uh, it's a uh, charm begonia. It has kind of a whitish, I guess, uh, leaf with a little light green in it. Uh, again, leaf color. And then, of course, the, the big ones are the crotons. Uh, crotons have that uh, that red, yellow, green. And, and, and Jeff, uh, you know, there's many different varieties of crotons now. They have different leaf shapes, so you have different – uh, leaves, but uh, basically this one is one called Petra. This is uh, 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 magnificent, and there's a couple, Mamie, and there's a couple other ones that that do. So you can get that fall look, and that's what many people are doing when they kind of uh, decorate for fall. Uh, they're going for the 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 you know the reds and the yellows and those fall colors. They're going for leaf color. And then they're going for the flower itself, obviously having that fall look. That's when it comes to the marigolds and the zinnias. So you can get that color through a lot of ways, whether through the leaf, the petals of the flowers or the leaf color. And, of course, people will use hay and pumpkins and all that to accent, accent it. We talked about the uh, ornamental peppers uh, maybe last week or the previous it was last week. Last week, yeah. And the only thing I, I failed to mention, again, is leaf color. Okay, so this one is one that has kind of a purplish to whitish leaf, uh, hence that fall look. And actually, these these peppers are going to be a uh, kind of a round purple pepper. But again, uh, leaf color, uh, having that uh, dark purplish leaf, uh, really kind of accents and uh, uh, it's, it's just different. And I think that's what people are looking for. Uh, when it comes to fall colors, if you can also have something that's just a little unique and different, uh, it makes for a, a, a great accent. But again, this one is going to be a purple, purple pepper with the the purple leaves, and uh, you know performs performs really really well and and does well. 
switching over to uh, some of the herbs. And herbs are just starting to get to be planted. And herbs like such as parsley and um, uh, the, the onion tops. And I did bring some onion tops. And I know I've been hammering this one for a while. But, but this basically, what I'm showing Jeff here, is a mature onion top plant versus the onion top bulbs. And, Jeff, these little bulbs you're looking at will actually make this plant. I was going to say, that that's a cluster of bulbs? That is a cluster. So, and, and one of those will make that whole thing? Or? Exactly. And, that, and that's the, the deal with what we call shallots, which are actually multiplying onions, is that you can take this little bulb, and what we're showing, Jeff, is maybe a bulb that has maybe five or six individual bulbs, and you can break this apart. And instead instead of having one cluster of bulbs, you now have seven or eight little plants. And you stick those about two inches apart, and then this will make a plant like this, Jeff. And it will actually divide again to make a cluster. Mm. And you can see how you can get a lot of tops with that. And that's the advantage of multiplying onions uh, is that you have a lot of tops. It, it divides rather quickly, and you will have onion fresh onion tops uh, at your disposable at at your disposal at any time during the winter, you just cut them back and they keep producing more uh, onion tops all season. You know the reason I, I kind of talk about a lot about this, Jeff, is that it's real popular in South Louisiana. We you know we 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 cook with a lot of uh, of uh, green onion onion tops, and so um, it, it's one that people actually look for a lot. It's probably our number one selling herb, uh, and um, and so it's pretty neat. This one right here, Jeff, is two plants, which I know a lot of people, you know, get a little confused at the grocery store when they're purchasing parsley versus cilantro. Both of them look pretty much identical. I mean, I can tell the difference, but you really got to look at it for a second to be able to tell which one's which. And many times, Jeff, we tell people when it comes to planting herbs, you could see how you could plant onion tops and you could plant parsley in the same pot. And rosemary you could plant in the same pot. And the big reason you could do that is because the leaf structure is so unique and distinct. So if you went to harvest onion tops and got a few parsley in there, you could pick that out and have your onion tops. But if you put cilantro in, in uh, parsley in the same pot, it's going to be trouble because you're not going to be able to distinguish it when you cut it. And the flavor is much, much Obviously, different. Yeah. yeah. And so when you do that, so, you, so when it comes to planting multiple herbs in a pot, you want to look at growth habit, meaning that like, uh, things like uh, uh, oregano and thyme will kind of hang. And you want to look at leaf structure. And so, I mean, these are, when it comes to an onion top and a parsley, the leaf structure is completely different. When, and if you put rosemary in that pot, it would be a completely different uh, leaf structure. And therefore, when you go to harvest it, you can, you can plant them all in one pot, therefore saving on space and maximizing the pot. And because remember, when it comes to, now onion tops may be the exception. When it comes to using herbs, many times you're not using a lot of it. Uh, uh, now, and parsley might be a little bit different too. But, but when it comes to rosemary, oregano, thyme, all of the sage, you're not using a tremendous, it might be a, a couple of tablespoons uh, in maybe the dish that you're using. So you don't need a lot of it. So you can, it's, you know, I tell people you can actually plant that within a pot, and that would be plenty of, 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 of the season that you need for that, for that season. The advantage of planting in the wintertime is that if you, especially if you plant in the container, 
is that you just don't require a lot of maintenance. Uh, There's not a lot of watering involved. Uh, cold weather, the only one that you, you'd have to watch in terms of cold, for the most part, is going to be basil. Basil is real sensitive cold, cold. So that's one. I still say it's worth planting because, you got, I mean, we might not get a frost till January, and they will grow and, and do well, and you can harvest. And if you lose it, you lose it. It's just not, you know, that, not that much dollars involved with that. And, but you always have the fresh herbs. So um, it, it's just an easy time, not a lot of water. You're not going to lose it because it dried out. And, uh, and then the other major thing I want to mention is, like, is, is with most of the herbs, but especially cilantro is one that it's, it does much better planted in the fall and early spring as opposed to planting it in May where temperatures get hot. And, you know, cilantro just doesn't take the heat, which, you know, the mind tells you, would tell you the difference. You figure Mexico, warm weather and all that, uh, but it's not, it doesn't tolerate the heat at all. Hmm. And, therefore, uh, it's a great time to, uh, to, to plant that herb and perform really, really well. It will go all, all season till th- this plant should actually give you cilantro till next April when it will probably shoot, go to seed. And then and then die on you. So um, keep in mind, herbs are a great time to uh, plant, and and they do extremely well. What do you think uh, made it such a staple of Mexican food? If it doesn't really work well, that, you know that's a that's a good question. The only thing I can figure is uh, uh, it, it's, it's seasonal, and uh, I'm assuming you know there are mountains in Mexico, so there's some true, some some true. Uh, cool temperatures in certain areas of the country, and. Uh, so just like in our country, we cook a lot of different things, and things do better in certain parts. And uh, so I, I, that's the only thing I can figure. But it's it just the mind doesn't doesn't think that way. You say, well, it's, it's warm, but and but you know, like for us, you know, we plant we plant cabbage in the wintertime, and so they probably plant their cilantro in the fall, mm-hmm. like us. And uh, in certain areas, they plant it in, in the spring. And back in your neck of the woods, cilantro would grow great. In the summertime, because the temperatures really are used to not usually get that warm, and so they would probably plant cilantro in in Illinois in in May, yeah. and they would grow all summer and not have a problem. But down here, it's a little bit a little bit different vibe. We get down here in terms of temperatures. Okay, so this one right here is Creole garlic. What Jeff is looking at is a is a uh, 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 clove pod clove. Help me out, Jeff. I, I'd run with pod. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. All but right, they are individual cloves, aren't they? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I should know that, but I can't remember that. I, but anyway, so maybe one of the listeners uh, can help me out on that. But bottom line is, you what, I, what I'm showing Jeff is, is Creole garlic, which is the most popular garlic you see in the store. We used to plant these, Jeff, in September. When kids would go back to school, that was the old... Okay, a pot of garlic is simply the compound bulb containing the cloves. So this, so is, a, is, a this pod, is a pot. Yes. Yeah, that, I think that's correct. That's right. And then... Uh, I love so, Google. So we... Boy, you're right. So this is... Uh, we used to plant this when... They used to say, when you go back to school, you plant it, and then you harvest it when they get out of school. Okay, and that used to hold true up till about 20 years ago when temperatures started to warm up. And so September is much, much consistently warmer than it used to be. So if you would plant, do that, what, you, what, was, what was starting to happen is the garlic would go to seed on you in about, I don't know, February, March. Once it goes to seed and shoots its seed stalk, that's it. The size of the garlic will not get any bigger. You, you can harvest it. 
So now we're pushing it back about two to Is four weeks. Is it below weeks. ground? It's below ground. It's a root okay. crop. Okay. So you're actually taking this uh, a pot of garlic, and you're going to break it apart into the individual cloves. And then you take each clove and, and stick it in the ground, cover it about an inch, and space them about a foot apart. And so you do that right now. And then they will grow all winter long. You don't cut them. You don't do anything to them other than when you start to get into about March. Um, uh, that's when the, the, uh, the root will start to expand and get bigger. So you kind of push, kind of loosen the soil or move a little bit of the soil away from it so this um, clove of garlic can get big and, and produce a big pot of garlic. And so that occurs in March, depending on the season, and, and you fertilize it again there, and they'll produce in May. So they're still producing about the, uh, harvesting about the same time, but you've got to plant a little bit later uh, for, for, for them to do the same thing. But they do it, you know, extremely well, and they actually perform well in small gardens. And the reason is, is that many people, Jeff, are now going to the raised beds where you've got a 12-inch and, you, you know, like a 3 by 4 but if you put garlic or onions, for that matter, around the perimeter, uh, it helps with uh, organically, supposedly repels different insects away. But it doesn't take vampires up, too, and vampires. That's right, and it doesn't take up any space. In other words, the biggest drawback is that if you didn't have used to be in these row in your row, if you didn't have a big enough garden, you could not. You could plant your garlic, but you couldn't. You wouldn't harvest the garlic till May, so you really missed your spring crop. So if you if you use the perimeter of it, uh, it really doesn't take up a lot of space. It's not like, it's not a vine. It basically uh, stays in that one little area, and uh, it it uh, it'll produce again. Uh, you go around the perimeter, whether it be garlic or onions. Onions are planted a little bit later. We get onion plants in in November. You plant those, and uh, so they're really not taking up any space, and they perform really really well. And actually, do amazingly well. It's just that it's one of those crops that you gotta gotta be patient with, and allow to uh, to grow out. How do you harvest it? Do you dig them out, or can you just pull them up from that uh, seed sprout? Yeah. So what ha- harvesting is a well, it's tricky only from the standpoint of, you know, if you plant uh, you know a hundred of these plants, Jeff, you're gonna have a uh, a hundred garlic pods. And so you, 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 they're not going to store. And so what you got to do is you have to wait till the, the, the upper part of the green part of the garlic dries out and dies, which generally is going to be end of May, June, depending on the season. And that's really the key. In other words, if you can always harvest some early, like in early May, and use them, okay, and you have a, 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 a very pretty pod of, of garlic and, and, and utilize because you're going to utilize that relatively quickly. But if you're going to harvest a bunch, you got to let them dry out. And, you know, Jeff, they used to kind of weave them, and I forget what they used to call that. They would weave them and they would hang them up. And, uh, but, but it's all the same reasoning is that what they do is allow the, allow the top to dry off, harvest it. You could let it dry on the ground for maybe a day or two, and then you bring them in. And, and today what they'll do is they'll spread them out on a table where they could even dry out more. And what, if you do that correctly and you don't get a ton of rain when you're harvesting, they will dry, and these will keep for months. I mean, literally months, and you have some fresh garlic uh, really through, through the fall season. They're, they'll keep that long. And the, and the same thing is true with onion plants. And we sell a lot of onion plants, is like the Vidalias and the Red Creoles. That's the same thing. You, you plant them. 
but you plant them much later. And the same reason why they used to say you plant them in November, it's actually better to plant in December. And for the same reason, temperatures are warming up. And so if you plant them too early, it stays too warm. Early on, they'll go to seed much earlier than they did uh, than they would naturally do. And so it's very, very important that uh, timing is, is it's about two to three weeks later than it used to be, Jeff. And uh, and if you kind of follow those those rules, the harvest time is going to be the same. But but they actually perform 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 really well, and you'll have uh, fresh garlic and or onions uh, at at any point. Very good. Anything else going yeah, on? Yeah, the uh, real quick hummingbirds are coming in, Jeff. There's a ton of hummingbirds out there. So I just tell people to look at your hummingbird feeders. If you want to, you can actually make your own nectar. Uh, you know, we sell the nectar coloring and non-colored. Some people, you know, don't like to put the dyes in it. People think, it's a, you know, they need to see the red, and that's not true. And uh, But the, what the hummingbirds are doing right now is they're coming through, and they're going to keep heading south, Jeff. Uh, as temperatures uh, get cool, and they generally stay here for about anywhere from three to six weeks, depending. And uh, but they're there, so you want to kind of feed them so they have enough juice and energy to make it the uh, the, you know, the head, I think, towards South America, and that's kind of uh, the push they want to do in Texas too. Maybe we shouldn't feed them so that they stay. They stay. The, the, yeah, that's true. The problem with that is if we have a cold winter, <laughs> that's not that's not a good that's not a good thing. But. Uh, they're pretty smart, though. They know that they kind of know when to leave and not not to leave. So it's probably good ending, probably better than the weathermen in a way. Whether it's going to be a hard winter, how many stay and how many don't. There you go. Anything else going on these days? That's it, Jeff. Uh, just uh, so glad to have the the, uh, the the nice weather and God, we were so fortunate uh, with the uh, the storm. You know, I tell people, yeah, you know, they got it, we didn't, but we're going to get ours. It's just a matter of you know, not if but when. So, but hopefully it's maybe twenty years from now, but. Everybody seems to get their share, and uh, but boy, we were fortunate. All right. Richard, always a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff.